This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Welcome back, sci-fi fans, to another episode of the Science Fictionary Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm here with Marisha. How's it going? Daniel. And David. Hey. Hey, everybody. And uh, we're back. We're finally back. It's It's been a while. Uh, there's been hurricanes and other things, people moving. Hurricanes and yep. getting power back from <sighs> bad hurricanes. Bad internet. And bad internet. Caused by the hurricanes, by the way. There was yes. no power down here for weeks. <laughs> no internet here because the truck ran then, over it. I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I somehow like didn't get the an impression. Hour away from recording. Yeah, exactly. I didn't get the impression that Daniel felt too sorry for Andrew that he was going to have to go a whole day without internet after he spent <laughs> what four weeks without internet. Yeah, it was. Cr- that's exactly what was going through my head, and he got so pissed. I'm like. <laughs> he cannot. He's going to be mad about being out of internet for three hours. Okay. However, I, well, it was, yours was knocked out by a hurricane for three weeks. <laughs> well, it, I was out of I was out of internet for twenty four hours, and the real catch was this is also my office, and couldn't work. I had work that needed to go in that night that I've got to do tonight after we're done recording because we didn't have uh, because I didn't have internet until late Friday afternoon. Uh, and I wasn't as mad about the internet as I was mad about the guy just running over it with the bucket truck <laughs> and then like saying, oh, well, it's no big deal. It wasn't installed right anyway. But that wasn't the point. And I'm like, dude, you ran over, you you, tore, you ripped the lines out of the pole. It doesn't really matter if it was installed right. It worked. <laughs> now it doesn't. <laughs> right. So. But alas. But yeah, that was mostly irritation at, uh, I was ready to get back on this, ready to get back yes. to the show. And all of a sudden it, it wasn't possible, but, uh, we've been away is while we've been away. I mean, it's been a few weeks. Is there anything in the, uh, in the sci-fi fantasy world that you've been, been watching or, uh, looking forward to, I know we got some movies coming up and, um, I, I know David's been checking out some deep space nine. Yeah, uh, I'm going to restrain from going into Deep Space Nine because I could just go on and on about it so far. I'm, I'm halfway through season two, but I'm sure once I've seen some more of it, we'll have a, a bigger episode about it. Um, but it's great. I love it so far. Yeah. As for what I'm excited for, I could not be more excited for Ghostbusters. Oh, and right. Yes. Yeah. And I was really hoping Ghostbusters was coming out this month because, you know, Halloween. Right. Right, um, wouldn't that have been perfect? And it's like, nope, it's November, but still, very excited for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Lots of great stuff coming out around this. This we got Eternals coming up real soon. Oh, Spider Man coming up real soon. It's going to be a great couple of months for movies. Oh yeah, the next three months for yeah. movies is going to be pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. make up for it all. Is, the... it's, it's hard to even kind of wrap my head around what I've been watching and talk about. It's been so long since we recorded. 
right? <laughs> There's nothing fresh on my mind. Right. That's kind I of the problem. I am, yeah. That, like, like David said, being excited about Ghostbusters and Dune. Um, but also one I hadn't, a lot of people hadn't talked about it and don't miss out on is going to be the Sandman series from Netflix. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, that, that is most of the people listening to this will know who Neil Gaiman is, right? Whenever you talk about our really great authors of the latter half of this century, Neil Gaiman gets mentioned. It's Mm -hmm. American God. Odds and Stardust and Neverwhere and but Sandman is his that that's that's his masterpiece. Magnum and Opus. I'm not exaggerating. Yes, that's going to be a. I hope they do it justice because I don't want to hype it up too much and then it'll be disappointing. But uh, I'm really looking forward to Sandman. Yeah, is he doing the screenplay? Well, it's going to be a it's going to be a series on Netflix. Is one of the executive producers. Okay. All right. Excellent. So he's he's supposed to be pretty well involved in it creatively. Well, he's and, got enough uh, clout. He everything can... I've seen so far, I've really liked. Yeah, I mean he he's been successful enough as a you know writing all different kinds of media. He actually gets to have a say over how his adaptions go. You know, all authors don't right. get that privilege, but he's got enough clout as a screenwriter and. Just as a, you know, he's famous enough that he he gets to kind of call some shots. So hopefully uh, he'll have some creative control there and it'll be consistent with the story. So, yeah, no, that one that one yes. should be good. Um, Foundation is out. I have not had a chance to start watching it yet, which is a travesty. I haven't either. Man, I'm really excited about it. I just we, I didn't even realize. When did it come out? It's been out for like a week. How has this happened? Oh no! All right, <laughs> cancel sleep. We're watching Foundation. Foundation. Instead. I know. I haven't had a chance to watch it either. We'll talk about it next show because I'll make sure I watch it. Perfect. Too. Yeah, Perfect. things coming up. I mean, sounds like we need to have a, a Deep Space Nine conversation coming up. Mm-hmm. And, um, we have got to have a Dune conversation before the movie because I yes finished the book recently. Oh, you did! You so. did! Congratulations! It's, it's we can actually talk about it uh, it's a real to the show yeah to the movie okay excellent yeah, well we, we definitely need to do that we kind of thought we might talk a little bit of dune tonight yeah if we have time so yeah that'll oh, be good perfect. um so we got we've got a few things that we've we've got to talk we've got to catch up on we, we've gotten behind but um kind of the big thing that's been going on in the marvel that is universe, not out yet well no I, or, I mean it is out well i mean we got eternals coming up too, that's true and uh yeah i'm i'm I, it looks it looks really good. It really does. It does. It, it, it looks better than you really think it deserves to be. <laughs> yeah. If that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, so, but when you throw that cast together too, it's kind of like. So. Well, the it, cast uh, is phenomenal, yeah. and I'm really curious to see how they're going to integrate them in to the MCU. Like, how are they going yes. to? work alongside the the characters that we already have mm-hmm. um there's something in the new trailer the new tv spot that kind of made me think they might initially put them at odds with some mm-hmm. of our other heroes which you know talking about you know these people you know they used to see us as gods they used to believe we were gods and you know right. after this they will again and so maybe there's some some 
some arrogance and some, you know, wanting to reclaim their former glory as gods that's going to put them at odds with folks like Stephen Strange, maybe. Or old Um, man Cap sitting there being That would be interesting, actually. Uh, As far as the arrogance of it goes, I mean, yeah, that is, that's, that's part of it. And it makes sense. I mean, they've been around since the beginning of humanity. Right. That's, that's their story. That's what it is. And they were, uh, what we, and they were worshiped as, uh, Greek gods at one point. And of course, in the Marvel universe, the Greek pantheon did exist. So they had to come to an agreement with, with the actual Greek pantheon. Right. Right. And we may be doing that as well. Yeah, we got yeah. Zeus. Yeah. So, um, but no, like I said, that one's, I didn't know another way to put it except looks better than it should be because those characters and all that, that's just not part of the Marvel Universe that had ever really gotten traction and been really popular. And it's a very heady, very deep concept. Yeah. Uh, but it looks like they're, Going to do a good job being able to adapt it. So well, it's that I'm it's it's, that, it's that real you know one of the real opportunities to do some big uh, epic sci-fi. I'm mm-hmm. not sorry, not epic sci-fi, epic fantasy type stuff in the yeah. MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of, I won't go ahead and mention this here. Uh, I've got because there's not that much to talk about, and uh, we, we haven't recorded a Star Wars episode yet for the week anyway. Uh, Daniel, you might be interested in this. I cannot remember the writer's name. I added in my notes, but I can't get to my notes. Um, is doing a retelling of the Star Wars story, doing a book. Uh, so it's a retelling of Star Wars in Homeric points. <gasps> oh, hmm. that's awesome. Kind of like that, along yeah, the vein that of is, that, that's, that is going to be cool. Shakespeare, you know, Star mm. Wars Shakespeare. Yeah. Yeah, the Star Wars awesome. Shakespeare stuff's fun, but uh, this yes. is this is more up my alley in the uh, yep. the epic poem. So, uh, absolutely, that's awesome. You know, some one day now that you've got uh, your video camera and everything, we should sit around. and We should do a table read for some Star Wars Shakespeare. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, that could be interesting. That would be um, that'd be right up my alley. But uh, looking forward to that. But uh, kind of the big thing that's been going on the last few weeks, uh, the one thing that I think that we've all been watching is What If. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so that's really kind of what I wanted to mostly touch on tonight. Um, I mean, now that it's over, now that we've seen it all, uh, so this episode will be releasing a little over a week after the last episode came out. So if, if you, you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen it yet, we're going to talk a little spoilery here, but. And by uh, a little, we mean all the spoilers. <laughs> yes. Potentially. Yes. Uh, Everyone. So now that it's all out, what did y'all think about it? I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I, 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 I think they did the concept justice. I'm a big fan of the What If comic books, and so I was really excited for this. I did not expect for all of the stories to come together like that. I did that not either. That was really right. out of left field, left field for me, and I was—I I thought that was actually pretty cool. Um, as they do more seasons, I hope it doesn't become too much of a big overarching story. I still want to have those. Um, standalone episodes that you can watch mm-hmm. um 
As for the episodes, some of them were a real hit and some of them were were kind of a miss. None of them were horrible. None of them were atrocious or and and or anything like that. The animation was beautiful and consistent throughout. Oh yes, love the animation. Absolutely. I think the voice cast did a pretty good job, especially the ones who weren't the actual actors who had mm-hmm. to kind of replicate that. I think they did a great job. Oh, the guy that did Ultron did a fantastic job. That yeah. wasn't James Spader? Uh, and he's wow. the only one that kind of missed for me. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. I, I just assumed I was, was so James used Spader. to James Spader, I guess. Like, I mean, you can't... Yeah. Well, I know you're in love with James Spader, so I'm sure that's hard for you to replace. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> metaphorically speaking... I like... I, I am a I'm a big fan of James Spader, and I really thought he was the he was the perfect Ultron casting when they did it. So I enjoyed his Ultron. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, but yeah, some of the episodes are hits, some of them are misses. Um, I'm a big fan of stuff. I don't know what this says about me as a person, but I'm a big fan of stuff that when it's over, I look at my friend and go, "That was pretty messed up." Like I really <laughs> like that kind of stuff. And so the episodes that made me do that. Where I would watch with a friend and it would end and I look over at her like, that was pretty messed up, huh? Like, those are my favorite. I thought those are great. And then there were the other episodes that made me go, okay. Honestly. And those are the ones that were misses for me. You know, in general, I feel like the darker episodes of this show were just better than the the more lighthearted ones. They were. I mean, like Party Bro Thor, it's like, okay, whatever. I mean, and it was fine. It's like, okay, I mean, it is what it is. But the Doctor Strange episode, like we got done with that Doctor Strange episode. I looked at Andrew and I was like, well, damn. That was pretty messed up. That was like, (laughs) and my kids are just like looking at it like, oh my God, what just happened? My seven-year-old. I'm sorry, Marisha, go ahead. No, it's just they it was it was not what I was expecting. That's not how I was expecting that yeah. story to go. I will say this. If you haven't watched it yet and you're going to watch it with small children, prepare them a little bit. Um Yeah, it was a little my more traumatic. older child, my twelve year old, really didn't have any problems with it. Uh, yeah, she got it. The seven year old um really broke his heart watching his heroes die over and over and over again. Yeah. Um Right. It was like, yeah, what do you mean? Poor Tony Stark bites right. the dust Bless so many him. times over in this show. It's like, what do you mean Iron over. Man and Captain uh, America and Thor are all dead? And what do you mean they're all dead again? And what? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And, and not to mention in zombies, you watch your – either your heroes are dead or they're eating people. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I was going to bring that one up too. Are there a, future, the are there a, are there a Futurama head on a jar? Uh Yes, that, Dro- that dropping Harry Potter. Out. I ain't gonna lie. I'm like, <laughs> what in the hell? How does that even work? Why is this a thing? I was that was, that really freaked me out. But that was funny too, and that's the right character to do that with. Well, I yeah. guess I don't know. Yeah, well, you know the the upside of but, it, you got him dropping uh, Harry Potter references. Who is this? Right, uh, Scott Lang. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. No, Marvel no, they, Zombies but, was the standout for me, of course, because. Well, that, that's what yeah, I wanted to that's ask. That's the like, episode David wanted the most. Which one, David? The, Marvel Zombies. Zombies. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to ask. Like, so talking about how some of them hit for you, some of them miss, and that's a really fair assessment because that's just kind of the way this show is. Like, some of them were going to work for you and some of them weren't. 
that's kind of the nature of the beast when you're taking and, and twisting the stories like this. What was your biggest hit? What was your biggest miss? Personally, it's Marvel Zombies for the biggest hit, um, just because I love the, the the concept so much. I just love how like weird and messed up it is, and I love that the original book was written by the writer of Walking Dead, Robert Kirkman. So like it just works for me so well. Uh, so seeing that adapted was like a dream of mine that I never thought we were gonna get. Right. Um, and but but what I think objectively was the best episode was probably the Doctor Strange one. It was so well written. Yeah, I mean the last uh, couple, the, the the big finale is really good, but I think the as an overall story by itself, I, I think the uh, Doctor Strange episode um, is just amazing. Uh, it, it hits. It was. It hits so many good notes. Uh, I mean, it, it's heartbreaking, but it's mm-hmm. um, you know it, it's kind of looking. But at that's a thing. the point. I yeah, mean, but. It, that's kind of what you wanted them to do, right? This is what if, like this is their opportunity to take chances. Right. And, and there are a few episodes here. They really did that. And the Dr. Strange, what if Dr. Strange lost his heart, uh, really is, I think the best single episode. Um, but also the way the last two episodes, I didn't see that coming. And that was so satisfying. Mm hmm. I, like, I didn't even know that I wanted that. I was okay with this just being a series yeah. of, you know, one-offs. Yeah. One-off and it, episodes of what if this happened. Let's just explore if things went a little different. I didn't expect to get something that was going to tie all this together. Right. And didn't even know that I wanted it to, but I'm glad they did. Well, I think that 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 was way more satisfying than I expected it to be. Yeah. Well, I think episode eight was, I liked it better than nine. Nine's fun. I mean, you get the team up and everything, but like episode eight, when you get that twist was like, Marisha was in bed. I don't remember if you were, I think you were sick. sick. And I was like, I wanted to go wake her up and make her watch the episode. (laughs) But uh, because yeah. it was that twist was just so good, it was like, oh my god, they're they're really going to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Daniel, biggest biggest hit is it the the Doctor Strange episode? Uh, I don't know if it's the Doctor Strange episode or if it's the last two episodes. You got to put them together. That's a two part. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's close because, like I said. The one with the most emotional impact and the one where you went, they really are trying to do something different is the Doctor Strange one. And that was the best standalone episode until I got to the finale. And like I said, I'm just I'm so satisfied with the way they wrapped mm-hmm. everything up that it's hard for me to to say that I don't like that. Yeah. Um so it's close. Uh but as far as disappointing episodes, I'm going to get flack for this. The first episode, the Captain Carter episode to me was a letdown. It was just like, okay. And, and there was some stuff. I said, well, now I want to see what happened to Steve when Peggy disappeared. Just like we got, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, it, just the different flip side of it. Iron Man Steve. But you no, know, well, as far as. Y'all watch the cut scene, right? And, and I'm also in the minority whenever I tell people I'm not a fan of Killmonger. I don't like that character. 
I so agree the you. episodes, the episodes that yeah. you know, the 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 Killmonger centric episodes. That one was hard like, to watch huh? for me because it was like, it was, it was senselessly dark. Well, like uh, he's oh. such a senseless killer, right? You know, like not that he doesn't have, like he ha- clearly you understand he, he has, has motivation. He has motivations. he has motivations, but he just he has no moral compass. So he has no morality. Like his humanity is all but destroyed. Well, and and I'll say this. I'll go ahead and say this. My my biggest miss is what if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? I agree. I yeah. do not understand the point of that episode, frankly. It's like the whole thing is what if, but he's still the villain. In fact, now we just yeah. made him a bigger villain. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's just what like, he would have. Well, I guess he, it yeah, was exactly. just to well, set him up to a was, certain point. Like, so what? It was to set Who him cares? up to be the traitor. In the finale. I don't know. Yeah, I and mean, that's all it was, but it's like, you know, I think it's far more interesting to look at, you know, far more interesting what if is, you know, is if he does turn out to be the good guy or possibly right. even winds up being the Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. And that's a yeah, way what more, if that would have been more interesting for sure. Yeah. What if T'Challa actually died when he fell off of that uh, cliff by Killmonger? Right. right. That's a. There's a much better Killmonger episode. Yeah. Yeah. Or what if, you know, the, um, what if the the uncle had never killed his father? You know, right. then yeah, all of that, a sudden he spends his entire life as a Wakandan prince. Does he still become? It is. Does he? Is he just a murderer? Is well, that just we, who he we, is? Well, we gave him the we gave him the Loki. Yeah. What, what they told Loki right. he was, where your you know your purpose is to fail so others can succeed. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, what no, we, that's what we've now done with Killmonger. Right. Yeah. Except now Wakanda's gone, like it's wiped out. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if y'all caught that in episode nine, yeah. like uh, Shuri and. The, the Stark and Stark Industries had teamed up to build weapons to fight hmm. Killmonger. And mm-hmm. I mean, he's sitting there in the ruins when the Watcher comes to get him. Hmm. Yeah. 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 It's pretty tragic. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's actually, it's a miss. The show is a missed opportunity to tell a good what if story about him. Yeah. Yes. What, because you know, what if things have been different and we get to see him be a good moral person? It's like they. You know, it's like what if he was. Catch. That's the twist you want yeah. to see. Right. If what if he were that character at all? Unsympathetic villain instead of a somewhat sympathetic that's, villain. Yeah. What if he's just a villain? Like, well, that's not a more compelling story. That doesn't make him a more interesting character. It just makes him worse. Yeah. Um. And and they kind of set him up in Black Panther. They they sort of set you up to believe he could have been a good person. So I right. think that that would have been a much better story, instead of this kind of fatalistic like and you know and you're doomed to be terrible. But yeah, it was it that was not my favorite. Um, I thought Captain Carter was fine. Like I didn't yeah, love it, it and fine. didn't hate it. It's like I watched it and I was like, okay, you know, like um, I didn't have strong feelings on it. Now, did y'all watch the cutscene uh, for episode nine? Yes. Okay. So um. Okay, so I have to throw this out there. Facebook has learned that if it pops up a stupid clickbaity article about Star Wars and Marvel, I will usually click on it. Okay, I'm I'm just 
it, it is what it is. And so it pops up um, how what if proves that Sharon Carter is better than Steve Rogers. Oh, here we go. Because she had the fortitude to understand that the world needed her and didn't selfishly go back in time to. And I was like, okay, not the point. That's just one, not one of those also, things where you want to tell people to go screw themselves. Also, she wasn't given a choice. She wasn't, she wasn't given an option. She asked and he told her no. And what was she going to do? Yep. Boink him in the head with her shield? I mean, <laughs> like, she didn't no, have a, actually her choice would have been to go back. Her choice I mean her choice yeah. would have been to go have a life because she said I deserve it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he said that and she had, it's just yeah. But the and and I think though the rest of that story is he also knows that they're that she's getting ready to open a door and find him again. Right. Because You're clearly right. that's who's in the suit, right? That's yes. got to be who's in the suit. Yeah, but I mean, the whole thing about, like, so now I guess Steve is selfish for having gone back. Is that the, the Like narrative? the most altruistic. Yeah. I've heard that argument before, to be honest. But the thing is, is like, okay, so here's the way to look at that. Steve is the first Avenger, right? Mm-hmm. When Steve starts out, it's just him. Right. And, at, and he's gone on this whole journey. He has saved the world from a, saved the universe. Mm-hmm. And... Save the world and multiple now times. He, and now and the team has grown and grown and grown, and now he can walk away, well, and he's not leaving the world vulnerable. And that's the thing. He leaves somebody else to fill his shoes. The The whole thing is, we don't have to spend any time justifying with the, the way that character's arc ended in those movies. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And He deserved it. I'm going to pause for a second so you get a little dead air. Because what I'm going to say, you can edit out if you want to. <laughs> all right. Those, that clickbait article Marisha uh, read, it's all this woke bull crap. Was it Screen Rant or Collider? I think it was Screen Rant. <sighs> Sounds like a Screen Rant, right? But Collider's <laughs> moving the same direction real fast. Uh, in a, yeah, in a and post, it's pissing me off because I, was a, big, in a I post, was a big Collider fan. For yeah, in a post-Christian Harloff years. Collider, it's moving that way real fast. <sighs> my problem with Captain Carter... Uh, that episode is and this is my problem with a lot of the episodes is their inefficient use of the butterfly effect so yes, what makes what if comics great is is when they stick to the pure concept of what if we change this one thing what will happen what are the steps that happen and sometimes and with these episodes it kind of felt like they started with an end yes and worked backwards it was contrived and, and and that's and I hate that because it's mm -hmm. like when I started thinking about what if Thor was an only child, it doesn't end with with what it ended with. It, that's not that's I don't think that, that's not the step by step butterfly effect that would happen. I think Captain Carter. It doesn't make sense because how does Peggy getting the serum instead of Steve make it so that they're fighting a squid monster from the multiverse? Right, like. Hi, like that doesn't it should be it should literally the only thing that should change is now Captain Carter's in the suit right and she's fighting well, the Red Skull right and so it's the same thing I like you see, what, what's the butterfly effect that yeah. led to Hydra is fighting a squid summoning a squid monster right right, right. And if there was one we didn't see it or get any explanation for it 
How did how did Peg? Well, but I guess the idea is is that along the way, Peggy made different decisions than Steve would have, and those pushed Red Skull in a different to a different plan. I mm-hmm. guess, but we didn't see it. But in thirty minutes, we don't really get to see all of that. Yeah. Right. But there, there's a also, lot of things like that, like the the what if Thor was an only child? Like, okay, he's an only child, but that doesn't that's not a that's not a moment in time that changes. The future. Yeah, yeah I well, guess. Like, yeah, well, it, I mean, the moment we're Odin. Well, yes, but not in a. So you can do certain things, and you can determine. Well, if you didn't do this, then this wouldn't have happened, and this wouldn't happen. But saying if Thor was an only child, then right. you just say Thor's an only child, and you just make up a story where Thor's an only child. It's not. It's not a cause right. and effect necessarily. Well, and I also it also presupposes a really different setup because the idea in that that we get in the first Thor movie is that yes. Loki was abandoned. He was I found this child, a frost giant baby who was abandoned. Now Thor may I mean Odin could have been lying about that. He could have kidnapped him, but that's not the impression we get. The impression we get is that he was basically a runt who was left out to die. And Odin saved him. So if so, it presupposes other differences. In you know, it, it's not that's not the moment where the timeline branches. Basically, it's it's a completely it, the story starts with a different set of circumstances, or either that or the story we've always believed was a lie. Does that make I don't sense? Know. I mean, look, I don't mind this episode. It's just that I don't feel like that one necessarily follows either. the same rules as the rest. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I just well, don't like the episodes that it felt like they threw something at a dartboard. I just felt like they really wanted to do Party Bro Thor, uh, <laughs> Party Bro Thor, and so that's how they came up with how we. They started at that. the end and, and worked. But backwards. the problem is, is this yeah. is the Thor we meet in the first Thor movie. That's why he gets sent to Earth. Like right. he is Party yeah. Bro Thor already. Right. Right. But, but not that but, much. Of a but print. like the Watcher tells us in the episode, without Loki there to temper him in whatever ways including what we saw in the first Thor movie he would have just continued to always be that person that was the point so I mean that that does kind of fit I guess yeah but like well, intergalactic raves I mean like even Thor was never like he he was more one to go and you know fight pointless bat you know fight pointless battles on a thousand worlds not I don't throw know, raves that, that, that it's, it's plummet of, things into stars. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of my least favorite episodes, and I think overall, from what I've seen review-wise, I think it was most people's least favorite. Okay, also, speaking of logic, why is Loki like seven feet tall when he shows up? Like, he is still smaller than the other Frost Giants he's with. So that begs the question, is Loki assuming a human form? All of this time, we're given to understand that he's actually, like, human-sized. So, like, living with frost giants your whole life does not make you seven feet tall. Maybe it does. Well, that was also a problem I had yeah, with I just the movies in general, is that living with Asgardians yeah. doesn't make you not magically not a frost giant. They kind of, they never really explained that. And, like, in Thor, when they revealed he's a frost giant, um... It's kind of like, so because he was living with Asgardians, he magically became a white five foot eleven. I dude. honestly think that that's one of those things they did and they've never been real happy that they went that way. Right. And they don't talk about it. 
they don't. Um, I think they sort of try to allude to the fact that because he didn't grow up in that environment, that his physical appearance didn't. Uh, that's not how that works. You know what I mean? Because there was a moment in the first movie where he his when they're on uh, Jotunheim, his skin does turn blue for a minute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they did kind of try to allude to something like that, but it it's, it really doesn't work. And I guess unless, you know, unless he's not, unless he was like a half, you know, ha- only half frost giant, half something else. I don't know. Because um, he definitely does seem to like, I don't know. Anyway, that, that bothered me. That, right. so, so, and that, like I said, that begs the question, if he's, if the form we've always seen is supposed to be an illusion, or he, if he can actually, we don't get the impression that he can actually change his form physical form that much in the yeah. MCU. I, I honestly I, I wouldn't overthink it because I honestly think it's just one of those things. It bothered they, me. I know, but I think that it bothers somebody at Marvel too. <laughs> and I think that's <laughs> yeah. why they don't talk about it. Yeah. Right. I think that they did that and went why and somebody later down the road went, why did we do this this way? Yeah. Right. But to so to bring in Frost Giant Loki does not help that conversation. Yeah, but I mean, it's a whole different, you know, it's a, it's a different, it's, yeah. you know, we saw Lokis that don't even look like Loki. That's true. So, like the Loki Prime version. So Alligator. We saw an alligator Loki. So, I think that since you're okay. dealing with a yeah. an alternate universe, right. I don't think Multiverse. it matters. Okay, all right, you're right. Is that alligator we're, Loki a frost giant? I hope so. We're falling, I hope all frost we're falling giants are alligators. We're falling the trap. We're also kind of falling into the trap of what we always warn people against where we're sort of overthinking this shit. Yeah. Let's just go with it. No, I mean, like, the thing is about these, they're fun. They're meant to be standalone things. These are not exactly. some kind of MCU canon thing. They're literally what they say they are. They're not trying to pretend to be anything different. Because these are things that if you want to pick them apart, you can pick them apart. Right. Uh, I mean, they, they are continuity-wise things that happened... In other parts of the multiverse, mm-hmm. other than our main, yeah, right, six one six universe, right, right. But I mean, like you know, pick it apart. Like oh, right. Thor's, Thor's hammer, you know, when he uses it to stop Captain Marvel, why does that work? I would never put the curse on it. Mm. Hmm. I, I, yeah, and I never even <laughs> so noticed that particular plot hole. So that's what I'm saying. Like it, you're, you're right. You can't overthink this stuff because it's not meant to be a perfect fit with what we already know. Right. I guess that works. They're yeah. fun. It's a good show. It's a good show. I enjoyed it yeah. for the most part. I'm glad. I'm excited for it. season two. What do you guys? You guys? You guys got any pitches for episodes of in, in season two? Ooh. I really want to see a what if blank was the sorcerer supreme? Like I feel like that is like a. That's a nice, solid, good question to start mm-hmm. with. Like, what if Tony Scott Stark Lang. was Sorcerer Supreme? What if Bruce Banner was Sorcerer Supreme? And then go, like, I think that's a good concept. I really want to see an episode like that. My I pitch would, is Bruce Banner. Um, I want to see Paul that, that Rudd. to me. He's searching for peace. He goes to... Yeah. Um, oh, that's... A temple. Yeah, that one actually probably logically and, is yeah. the most, is the best fit logically. Because we yeah, see him, him and a, I mean, we see him in peace. India. We see him, so it would make sense he could wind up in Tibet or wherever it is he finds. I think it's Tibet. 
Yeah, it's Tibet, I think. Yeah, so that's a cool one. Um, I want to see more of Spider-Man. Um, I like Spider-Man in this. Um, in Marvel Zombies, I think it was fun that he was kind of they kind of made yeah. him the main character. Because uh, in the book, he's just like it is so sad. He's just crying all the time. Don't, he don't ate, talk about it, please. Because he don't. ate Aunt May don't. and Mary Jane. And he's like, he's just crying all the time while eating. He's like, oh, great power, great responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Love dear. That book. Um, That's so, I, so I understand why. I feel like that was probably Disney and Sony being like, we are not going to take our teenage character and make him this horrific monster. The one character we are not making a horrific monster is Spider-Man. I'm down with that. So I'd like that. to see more Spider-Man. Yeah. It is interesting to me that they managed to pull off getting to use Spider-Man. I, I wasn't, when they was first announced it. this, like I, I was really not sure that Sony was going to, going to play ball on that. Uh, because you know, Spider-Man, they can't show the Spider-Man movies on, you know, the Spider-Man movies aren't on Disney well, plus because they're Sony. So yeah, I know we're not talking about it cause I'm not sure any of us have seen it with all this crap going on. I haven't had a chance to go to the movies. Well, if you pay any attention to Venom too, Sony and Marvel are getting closer and closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard about the cutscenes. So. No spoilers. No spoilers. I'm just saying. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about it because I couldn't care less about Venom. I have. <laughs> I only, in fact, the only thing I care about with Venom is what is the cutscene going to be. <laughs> so I just, I just looked it up and read it. Read about it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they continue to play play all of that i think that i think they'll start to do more crossovers but in a way that when sony decides they're ready to take their ball and go home that marvel can just disavow all of it Mm -hmm. oh man i can't wait to see morbius in the new avengers movie yeah that ain't happening (laughs) (laughs) wait a second y'all is it ever gonna be a morbius movie like we got a trailer marisha can we please get this movie finally like, I mean, Somebody. I don't care that much, but, like, didn't we see a trailer, like, three uh, years ago? Uh, we talked yeah, about yeah. that trailer in one of our very first episodes of this show. Morbius trailer yep. with Jared Leto. Yeah. Yep, it's coming. Okay. That and, and uh... We're um, getting a Silk TV show. Everyone's favorite Spider-Man character, Silk. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. too um, funny. Yeah, because the kids All right, so let's uh, let's shift gears here for a minute, Dune. and uh, let's talk about Dune. That Yay. movie's coming up. It looks amazing. I do. I, I, there are things that I'm not concerned about what I'm seeing. I love what I'm seeing. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. But like I'm, honestly, if I if it just I just sit there for two hours for it to be that beautiful, that's yeah, okay. With I mean, me. I just my concerns are I, that this is an incredibly hard story to adapt and it has, they've struggled. Everybody that's tried has struggled. Uh, there were, ad- there was even another adaption that never came to fruition. It was never finished. Yeah, I think there's a documentary about it there somewhere. Yeah. Team um, references to it. So I do have concerns about them adapting this, this show, this move or this book that's always kind of been considered unadaptable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Foundation is the same thing. That's that story has always been considered unadaptable, but uh, David had never, you had never seen any of the Dune movies, right? No, never seen the Dune movies, never read the book. 
Okay. So you did just finish listening to Dune, the first book in the series. The first book, yeah. Um, just having finished the book, uh, what did you think about it? Um, I mean, I see why this is such an important big deal story in science fiction. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I loved the writing. I loved the characters and the world that they built. Um, I'm a big fan of stories that take place in the desert. I love like the desert survival type thing. And I liked a lot of the concepts surrounding that in this, um, I, I, I really enjoyed the book. I see why it's such a big deal and, uh, I needed a break. So I haven't started listening to the other ones. Cause I was like, okay, that's a lot to take in. It is. It's a lot. Uh, it's basically yep. like the, the Bible, uh, it's kind of old Testament. -y. Yeah. It, very, it, very it is kind of, you know, with, with Paul being a, a very obvious, um, Jesus metaphor. Um, and yeah, so, it starts that way. Um, doesn't end that way. <laughs> yeah, that's not at all what's going on. It, it, well, it, I think it's fair to say that in the first book. Yes. Yeah, first, no, he's definitely, a, he's yeah, definitely a Messiah it. figure. He is um, Messiah. Yeah. Messiah figure, right. And he is, they have a prophecy that he fits, that he is fits what would be their Messiah figure it's in their Moab, religion. The Moabdeeb. But I think yeah. by the time that you find out in the second book what the how the whole prophecy is actually fulfilled, I, I think you will uh, change your mind about him being a Jesus figure. Uh huh. Yeah. That that but that's cool. That that makes yeah. me excited but for, it, for a bit of a subversion. Yeah. Is right, and we don't want to spoil too much because you haven't read them, and I'm right. sure there'll be sequels to this movie. But there's thousands of years worth of politics at play, which is yeah, just I started, nuts. I was trying to understand it a little bit. So I started reading up on some of the background. Um, I started just reading up on some more of the material that explores things like that, um, the jihad and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, this this just goes back so yeah. far. And I was like, OK, I'm just going to have jihad. The jihad, that's, there's something called that, right? There's um, yes, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what oh, Paul, yeah, yeah, Paul yeah, yeah. like yeah. when we when we come yeah, in yeah, in the yeah, second yeah, yeah. book. You're we come gaslighting in. me. You got me thinking I'm crazy. No, you're not no, crazy. I'm sorry. Well, you know, in today's world, whenever you mention a right, um, and then and the there's way, so the, um, what is what is the order called of like the the you know the superhero ben, women the Benny Jesseret and they're the actually you know they're Jesseret. actually making there's a TV series in the works about the. Uh, Benny Jesser at order. Yeah, HBO, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, is it going to be in continuity with this movie? Oh it's yeah, um, Denny Villeneuve is like leading in that production. Like, I don't think he's actually awesome. the director, so but be I think he's. Because I want to know uh, more about that. Um, yeah, I just really like the world and the concepts they built around, mm -hmm. and the story is is really great. I love the political intrigue. Um, I love the very um, sort of sort of Shakespearean elements of it, um, especially in the beginning, mm -hmm. the sort of tragedy of of Leto and and mm -hmm. stuff like that. It, yeah, it was just it was really great, and I'm really excited. I am scared for how are they going to adapt this. Hmm. We freeze up, or did they? Wait a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, You're scared for how they're gonna. Oh, I'm scared for how they're gonna split it up. 
Like, I have yeah. no idea where they're going to cut that in half, especially because going into the book, I knew that there was a character named Chaney who is played by Zendaya who was in this movie, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like halfway through the book, and there has yet to been a character named Chaney mentioned. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, but I know she's in the movie, so they're splitting it up at least sort of further halfway mm-hmm. than that. So, and then from the looks of some of the pictures and the trailers we're seeing, it almost, it, look, this is spoilers for a book that came out decades ago. <laughs> um, but I guess if you really don't know nothing and you don't want to, have any spoilers for the movie at all um i guess uh skip over this because this might spoil some things but it it looks like we're gonna see the fight between paul and uh the guy that he kills in the his first kill it looks like we're gonna see that which is past halfway through the book i know Mm -hmm. and and i'm like you and these are like andrew said a few minutes ago, he does have a concern about something that so far has been unadaptable. Mm-hmm. And I had that when this movie was first announced because we've seen this attempted at varying levels of success. We'll put it like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with these, the, the, the trailers are just completely, I get, I, mm-hmm. I, I've almost have lost all doubt. And that's it, sad to say. <laughs> but, I, it, but my, and now, like, my business concern is like, David, I'm going, where the hell are they splitting this at? Unless we're yeah. seeing scenes from two films. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're shooting because they did shoot some footage simultaneously. Right. So you're sitting there going, wait a minute. But because it, where I thought they would split it is after their escape in the caverns with Kynes. Yeah. yeah. That's where that, that seemed to me like that's where we should split it. Right. Uh, because that sets because the, actually the first half of the book is a lot of setup yeah. for the rest of the series. Yeah. So you get all the setup there and you end it at a suspenseful moment. And it's a good place, I, I thought, to split it. But we're going all the way into uh, introducing characters that aren't anywhere introduced anywhere near that point in the book. We're going into a battle that's not anywhere near that point in the book and you're like it almost looks like they're adapting the whole damn book i mean they've well, and they've shown us a lot in the trailers like the last trailer you see duncan idaho locking paul out of a room yeah so you know with with uh soldiers coming at him it's like so i'm not sure exactly where they're going here that's the escape in the caverns though right yeah, and i think I'm, so so villeneuve has said that the original plan and his intention is still for a trilogy Hmm. Oh, a trilogy. Which makes me think that we're adapting the first two books. Yeah, we're adapting more than one book. So this is probably like three quarters of the first book. And the next next movie will be this, you know, a a, a chunk of the last. That works. It does. And it may work even a little better um, for a movie than the way the book, because the books are like a little choppy. You, you show up in the second book and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, literally, I was probably three quarters of the way through the second book before I even realized where the story, like, what had happened in the meantime. 
Um, and I think it's kind of intentionally set up that way, but it's, it's kind of annoying, honestly. Um, Mm -hmm. but I did hear that Zendaya most, or is it Zendaya or Zendaya? Anybody? Either or. Okay. Um, I did hear that she mostly shows up as a dream figure. She's, you know, she's, she's real in, in spite of the fact that she's been heavily featured and all the promotional material, we do not actually see a whole lot of her. So that makes me think that we may too, we may just basically get up to the point where they're in the desert and they find the Freeman. And and that's probably about where the story is going to end. Yeah. Yeah. Meet Stilgar and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's that, only that, there's only 15 books. I mean. Yeah, no big deal. Um. <laughs> that brings up a point that actually that I wanted to let's actually just talk about the book and the story. Yeah. So not I don't know how much this really matters to the overall story, because it is kind of like this Messiah story, right? Mm-hmm. But uh the romance between Paul and Cheney Hey, you froze up the the, the romance between should we switch the romance to audio? between Paul and Cheney is one of the weakest things I've ever read <laughs> because it's like because they skip over all of it they're just right. like you're cool and then it skips and now they're getting married so it's it's but not actually he's actually married to somebody else right well he gets he has to get married to the princess but they're, right. they're together um, so that was kind of weak and it's, it's kind of weird. Um, especially when I sort of interpreted just from the trailers, I was interpreting her as like, like character, main character number two, mm-hmm. basically just through like the trailers, and that's really not the case. Um, so that was the kind of problem that I had. I wonder if they're going to Hollywood it up and make it more, really focus more on the romance. I kind of hope not, actually, because it's not really the point to Paul's story, right? Um, it kind a little bit going forward though um like she for a character that has so little lead up she is a really important character going forward she's kind of the linchpin for the rest of the story another problem i kind of have with the story is how it it built up built up built up built up built up and then it's like in the last like couple hours of the audiobook it's like and everything's resolved now I'm sure there's going to be way more, but I'm talking just looking at this first book book in a vacuum as a story itself. Mm-hmm. It's like all oh, this is going on, all this is going on, and then it felt like they defeated the emperor like really easily. Like Paul just came up and went ultimate Gary Stew on him, and is like, <laughs> "I'm emperor now." Yeah. And so on one hand, when when you it depends on the perspective you're reading the story as. If you kind of read it as this tale of the Messiah then it kind of works like that, you know? Um, I think that's fine, but when I'm actually just analyzing it as a full, complete story, it that kind of falls short for me in, in the storytelling aspect of it, um, how kind of easily he defeats the Emperor, and it's like, oh, I'm Emperor now. Um, Do you know if you listened to the unabridged or the uh, abridged version correct. of the book? I believe it was the unabridged. Okay. Uh, I can check real quick to make sure. There, there isn't. There is, for a long time, there wasn't an unabridged version. 
Okay, let me check. But there, there um, is, there, there, it came, the unabridged came out about 10 years ago, so there is an unabridged version. Uh, while he's looking uh, that up, I'll mention um, one that you might be interested in. You know, uh, Kevin J. Anderson, one of my favorite kind mm-hmm. of sci-fi and fantasy writers, is working with Brian Herbert to continue the Dune books. And uh, the new ones he's working on, last year they had uh, Dune, uh, the Duke of Caladan, Okay. And uh, about two weeks ago, uh, Dune, uh, Lady of Caladan came out. Okay, about Lady Jessica? Yep. Hmm, interesting. I always thought it was a shame we didn't get more of uh, Leto. He, is a, he, he was always a really compelling character that just wasn't around as much as you wanted him to be. Yeah. Who's that? Who'd you say? Leto. Leto. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> but but yeah. I'll always take more Lady Jessica. Yeah, but yeah. talking that is, about that is the one way... of my favorite characters in literature. Okay, mm-hmm. so according to Audible, it is the unabridged version. Okay, but okay. now I'm reading reviews, and there are multiple reviews saying that this is not the original text, and this is abridged, and that Audible is falsely claiming that it is the unabridged version, mm-hmm. and they're leaving okay. one star reviews all over the place because of oh. it. I'm so, glad Andrew asked you that because you made a couple comments where I went, huh? That makes sense. <laughs> and I saw your I face. I question like, you because I'm going, that, no, that's mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, that's why I asked. Thank um, you for pointing that out because, um, yeah, that's – okay. Now I need to go find the unabridged version. But this is Audible's fault because it clearly states mm-hmm. that this is the full unabridged version of Dune. Oops. But now, also, it's only twenty hours long, and y'all were talking uh, about how yeah. this, the, y'all y'all were talking about how this is one of the longest books. Like it's huge. Well, when you first told me you were, you were listening to it, I'm like, because I think I told you it's thirty something hours long, and you said this is only twenty. I went, oh, yeah. maybe it is. Maybe I just don't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, gosh, dang it, Audible, what the heck? Now that being said, I will say that because this is an abridged version, um. It is a very well put together production. I recommend listening to it if you've already read the full story because there's lots of sound uh, effects and lots I was about to say, yes, no. If you got that, that's abridged. They yeah. don't ever cover the full text in the actual audio plays because there's yeah. just too much. Right. And that makes sense. But I just thought, you know, I thought it's an important enough story that maybe they did. It's a big enough story that maybe they did. And like I said, it's it's it is it is described as unabridged full story. So, I will tell you this: if you want to download song. on Audible, if you want to download Audible stuff based on comic books or graphic novels, White Sands uh, is a good one. The Sandman, which we already mentioned once, the Sandman show coming out. Those Sandman audio performances with James McAvoy uh, are just phenomenal. Uh, the second, the second, uh volume of that just dropped uh the first one goes through the first 18 i think 18 issues of the series okay and i forget where this where the where volume two ends but those are good if you get like audio performances mm-hmm. based on graphic novels or comics you'll get the whole text okay, that's yeah, that makes that's sense. a that's a small enough chunk they can do that but something like dune that's a lot of production would have went into making that, right? Yeah, I would think. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah While we're pitching Audible, though, Audible performances, y'all. Andy Circus did The Hobbit, 
like a year ago, and they just released all three Lord of the Rings books, and they are phenomenal. Or he's so he's narrating. Good, yeah. he narrates. Or these are okay. Yes, he he reads the unabridged all three books, and I'm about unabridged. Yeah, unabridged. I'm I'm I don't know, just into fellowship. And he's just and, and I have listened to um the Lord of the Rings renditions on Audible before and uh, always have really enjoyed them. I'm trying to remember who oh, the old one's really good. Yeah, the old one's really good. But um Andy Circus, listening to Andy Circus is very much like he does all the the voices for the characters, right? So the Hobbit especially. His Thorin sounds like Richard Armitage, um, and his Bilbo, you know, is is a little Martin Freeman. Uh, so it's it's really fun, and he's a really really talented voice actor. So he's he he oh, yeah. he really sells most of it. Um, so it's really enjoy if you have if if Lord of the Rings is your jam, it's a really really excellent um, rendition there for Lord of the Rings. Yeah. yeah, that's what I've been enjoying lately. Uh, but as far as Dune, like, I mean, this is, it's one of my all-time favorite books. But I, you know, I love the book. It always makes me nervous to see stuff like that adapted because there's so many things that can go wrong in an adaptation of something like this. Especially Absolutely. now where, you know, somebody may just decide to twist a character and totally change them. But when I watch these trailers... It's Dune, and I don't know of any yeah. other way to explain yep. it, but I think Daniel will agree. Like, you see it, and it looks mm -hmm. like what you imagine like when you read it. That yeah. sandworm yeah. is just as terrifying as you always thought it would be. But, yep. it, it, like, the, yes. the, the sandworm looks amazing, but, like, the, the, like the ornithopters mm -hmm. look awesome. Yeah, they look really yes. And the costuming is just phenomenal. Of course, you know me. Always with the costumes, but the the whole world is unique. It's, it's a very unique world, and they have not fallen into the trap of making their unique world look like someone else's fictional unique world. Like I feel like sometimes, whenever things are sort of okay, so I feel like in a lot of ways they're finally making a Dune adaptation. Kind of in the vein of Star Wars, right? It's like, oh, it's the... And well, in the same way they did Narnia, right? Right after they did Lord of the Rings. It was like, and y'all, it looked exactly like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. They used Weta to do all of their cost, all of their props and all of their armor and everything. And it was beautiful, but it looked like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And I think you run a risk with Dune of it's like, it's beautiful, but it looks like Star Wars. It doesn't. Yeah. It looks well, like I mean, its that's own the thing. thing. Like it's, you can, you don't tell, want it to be Tatooine. Right. Right. And you can tell that the person that it, it's like when, when, uh, Peter Jackson did Lord of the Rings, mm -hmm. you looked at it and you went, Oh my God. Like you knew that someone who loved it as much as you did, Mm-hmm. Had yeah. had created it, had had done that movie, and that's what I'm getting. The vibes I'm getting completely from Dune is that someone who mm -hmm. loves those books, yeah, is bringing this to life. And so far, all of the things that they have changed, you know, the uh, what Keen's being being female instead of male, like the things that they've changed are not 
going to really affect the trajectory of the story. I think they've been really careful about making the story more inclusive without compromising what the story is. And I think that's an important thing um, in in telling stories in, in a new time, you know, kind of in a world with very different sensibilities than the world in which Doom was written. Um, I, I feel like the ability it, to make it relevant today and still make it true to the story um, is so far from what I'm seeing, it looks like that they have done that. And I really hope that that turns out to be the case. Yeah. What do you guys think of the casting? Oh, I think the casting is phenomenal. Uh, yeah, we've we've discussed that in the past too, and it is still. Um, <sighs> I was unsure about Chalmette, to be honest, when they first did it, but now that I'm seeing footage, I'm I'm all on board with that. Um, did you yeah. watch The King? The the casting though. Did you? Uh, him I was, Henry Ch- Chalmette was one of my he he feels like Paul to me. I like yeah. that one. Rebecca yeah. Ferguson, there's not another actress on the, well, there's maybe a couple, but Rebecca Ferguson's near the top of my list yeah. for Jessica. Absolutely. To begin with, and that's a spot on casting. The casting for Leto Atreides. Wow, we, yes. um, y'all. Yeah. The way he, it looks so cool. He, he looks just. Great. Stilgar. Yes. Like, th- that is, that, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. He's exactly what I would have pictured when I, when I think of Stilgar. I will say this. Would you have pictured Jason Momoa? No. I wouldn't have either. But whenever I see that trailer, I'm like, okay, so I was wrong because yeah. I think that's going to work. Anyway, you know what way, I mean? That's like, like the coolest name ever. Duncan Idaho. I love that for some reason. That's so cool. I, what I love about this is in the same store where you have people like Lado Atreides, you have Duncan Idaho and like just Paul right. and Jessica. Yeah. Um but then you have, you know, some more crazy sci-fi names. I love the mix of that because it's it, this. This is one of those sci-fi worlds where you're able to see like it very clearly is just our future mm-hmm. is the idea. Like mm-hmm. it's just the future of humans, right. and like it's not like in a thousand years people are just going to stop using the name Paul, right? Um, but alongside different names like Lado and stuff yeah. like that, like that, I love that. Also, just the name, the idea of like calling somebody's last name a state is just so freaking cool to me, and I don't know why, but I'm gonna be doing it every time I write a new character now. Yeah, I'm gonna have Jeremy Wisconsin and, and Andrew Kansas Stevie, and, and like Stevie Wyoming. Like I, that's it's all I'm gonna do. It's perfect. Every character is gonna be named something like that. The, the, the names of David's D and D characters just took a serious turn. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, Right now, my big thing is is, is everyone's last name in my D and D characters. Everyone's last name is a synonym for story. Like I got uh-huh. John Story. I've got um, someone uh, named Story is a synonym for story. Yeah. Well, story, and then I've got fable, and then I've got tale, go. and um, um, poem is is another one. Every time I make a D and D character, yeah. So yeah, now the new thing is going to be states. States, perfect. Mm-hmm. You might as well. I mean, that's pretty much like, you know, whenever you read Lord of the Rings, you're like, oh, oh, and and it's 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 the Shire, right? 
You know, it's like, oh, well, could it be any more English if it tried? Yeah, but that was kind of the point. I know, I know, but it's 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 kind <laughs> of the. Well, then you've got Bilbo and Frodo. I've never met an Englishman named Bilbo. No, so, but but there it's is a, a very, Bilbo's fish market downtown. But it is a very English sounding it's not a name. It's 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 yeah. like um you know whenever you hear the guys talk on um. Civilization and they, oh, you know, they do a little warbling, but it's sort of like supposed to sound like gibberish in a certain language. I feel like Bilbo is kind of like that. It's one of those names, you know, it's it's not a British name, but it's very English esque. Speaking of names, something I've been wanting to bring up. Um, I hate that in Star Trek, so many people have the name that starts with an S, they really need to stop. Um, Sarek and Savik and Sarek, like, just stop. Please stop. That's a Vulcan thing, though. No, names in Star Trek are culturally appropriate. Yeah, that's just what it is. Okay, so Bilbo is a name of ancient Anglo-Saxon origin and comes from a family once having lived in Bilbro, a village near Tadgasker, county of Yorkshire. Tadgasker. So Marisha's wrong. There was there. There really are people named Bilbo in the world. That was me. At least I would say this. I would have bet money that Marisha was right. I've never heard of that in my life. No, but it it is very English sounding, right? So that would be why, because it is actually English. It's just kind of obscure. Ancient English, apparently. It's Tolkien, though. We should have known that. It's kind of like Hermione. You know, like somebody pulled Hermione. You know, she pulled Hermione out for Harry Potter because it was like, oh, this name is so archaic, it'll never show up, and you know. It, no, then it, it kind of took off. Yeah. Right. But speaking of, I don't know if you were through a Dune or not yet, yeah, but when you mentioned Doom, when, when you mentioned Doom being 15 books, it reminded me, we haven't talked anything about Wheel of Time either. Talking about uh, very long, influential book series that are finally getting adapted. Right. We need to talk about that one. That one is one that, unfortunately, I haven't read. Okay, part of that's Cole's fault. So my brother-in-law's like, it's really, the first three books are great, and then it just gets worse and worse the longer you go. (laughs) Yeah, Cole definitely hasn't been selling it. (laughs) He definitely hasn't. And he really... No, no, wait a minute. Wait, wait. There is a lull in the middle. There's a lull in the middle. I'm being serious. Okay. There there is. And it is really good, and it actually gets a little better a couple of books that goes into it and you get somewhere in the middle and it dips in quality, but it picks back up again about the seventh book. About the so, seventh book. Well, no, but Marisha, there are, there are 13 of them. I'm sorry about the seventh book. Like I'm a reader, but, no, but it's really good for like four books. Okay. I mean, there's just, there's a little lull in there. Okay. All right. Somewhere in the middle, somewhere in the middle and, and it gets better. All right, we'll have to I'll have to check it out. The first season's then. incredible of Walking Dead, and the second one is kind of lull, but then it gets really good again. That's yeah, one I season. Get, of- I can't get people to watch Walking Dead because I'm like, okay, you got to get through like, okay, so like season six and season seven and season eight are gonna be a People don't want to watch that. <laughs> breaking Breaking Bad ruined. The telling TV. y'all Breaking Bad ruined TV, and here's why. I love Breaking Bad. It ruined TV because now. A TV show has to be excellent from the beginning to the end, or people are going to crap all over it. That's true. All because of Breaking Bad, which was excellent from seasons one to five. But they well, only. But I'm just telling you, Will of Time is worth the lull, and that's really yeah. what Will okay. of Time people call it. That's what 
woke fans call it or what fans. I don't know if it's W O T, but that's what there's a really hardcore group of Willow Time fans in this world, and they use the term lull because they know it's there. It's uh-huh. a fact. Okay. But it's worth it. It's worth getting through. You got there are characters in this series you will start off hating and end up loving by the end of it. There are the hero of our story is somebody that sometimes in this story he's really hard to root for. And so I mean it's a very complex, well written series for the most part. And Brandon unfortunately Robert Jordan wasn't able to finish it. Brandon Sanderson did right finish it. And Sanderson is also one of my favorite authors. We can, but man, that man writes Stormlight archive all day. But uh, we'd need a whole separate show just to cover his shit. Didn't the wife personally pick Brandon Sanderson to finish it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I've heard great things about that. So, but no, this is a show we've needed for a long time. Yeah, and I am I have exci- high hopes for it as well. And again, just like Rebecca Ferguson's near the top of my list for Jessica and Dune, Rosamund Pike as Moraine. She's so talented. Yes. And and I and now the rest of this cast is a bunch of people nobody's ever heard of. Well, it's kind of like the uh, Lord of the Rings on Prime cast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I guess if you're hoping to do something to make it run a really long time. You have to start with people have who to aren't. Start with people who hire some people who need the job. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I I have the, the 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 trailers and the there's not really not much of a full trailer. There's one full trailer. And we got a lot of little snippets that it hasn't. I won't say it's done anything to get me excited, but it hasn't done anything to make me scared yet either. Yeah. If yes. that makes sense. Cool. Yeah. So it's really exciting to have all these. It's it's interesting. It's Game of Thrones did something that I think is was sort of unexpected. It has sent all of these companies, all these production companies out there scouring old science fiction and fantasy literature to try to find the next Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, which has been yep. great for uh, sci-fi that has kind of fallen by the wayside. Yeah, well, we're getting, like, because of it, we're kind of getting throwback sci-fi. Like, we're getting things that are more like sci-fi was before sci-fi all had to be dark and gritty and post-apocalyptic. Right. Thank God, because and I'm it's sorry. A good thing, though, we're really... We're finally, it's not like these books didn't deserve to be adapted in the first place. They're yeah. not pulling crap out. Right. These are some of the best pieces of literature ever written, and yeah. we're f- finally getting to see them yeah. get yeah. the adaptations. We hope, hopefully, get the adaptations they deserve. We haven't seen any of them yet. Uh, you know, I mean, so. You know what the next Game of Thrones should be? Um, a TV show called A Song of Ice and Fire where they just do it again but don't ruin it by the end. <laughs> Hopefully we get that in like, I don't know, 10 years. 10 years? You really think that soon? No. No. Uh, no. No, no, no. Because if we're going to do that again, we have to let George finish the series he's so we don't run out of good source it. material. And he's never going to finish the series, David. No, he's not going to do he's it. He's never going to finish it. 
I'm not mad at him about it. I actually get on arguments on the internet with people who do get mad at him about it because I hate those people. That is a that 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 man's got his own life. That's his world. Get, we're we're get let him do with it. And then we're not get, we're never getting Dream of Spring. So, so in an upcoming episode, we will we will debate George R. R. Whether Martin. Whether I will ever finish the series. Well, he's never finishing the series. I don't. I, I firmly believe he's never touching, no. never finishing we're, that. He's but never finishing. I, I, I want to. We'll have a debate on George R. R. Martin's opinions on Tolkien's writings. Spoiler that, alert. Be he's an idiot. What do you mean? George, he's a fan of Tolkien, but he's yes. very critical. He v- criticizes it pretty constantly. Like yeah. his like one of his least favorite things I think in fiction writing is the fact that um that Tolkien brought Gandalf back to life. He also often talks about um wanting to know what Aragorn's tax policy would be. <laughs> Some of this shit's tongue in cheek. Y'all know that, right? No, no he, it he is really, he really the hates the thing. Though was probably is a legit criticism, but that was the world Tolkien was building well, that fit into the story he was trying to tell. Well, yeah, he's also an immortal being but in a temporary exactly, body. exactly. So what? <laughs> I don't know, but they have a very different style of writing because Tolkien writes from a very it said. It's a a deity point of view kind of way of it's, it's, Lord of the Rings. It's their worldview. Yeah. What's that? They have very different worldviews. They they do, and the but just the just the style of writing, the POV to Lord of the Rings really isn't character POV at person. all. It yeah, is very, mm-hmm. your right. omniscient. And George was one of those one of the writers that really popularized the really tight focus. And every chapter is a different point of coming. That's why I have trouble reading. And that's the style now. Yeah, everybody started doing it. Here's the episode: George R. R. Martin versus Tolkien. You have have you seen the epic rap battle? With it's not G-rated, but it's pretty funny. Tolkien. What'd you say? The epic rap battle of history between Tolkien and Martin. Oh yeah, I've seen. (laughs) It's entertaining. Andrew, did you say you had a hard time reading Game of Thrones? You haven't. You haven't. You're not. You haven't read them all. I read a book and a half, and I started the sec- I started the second book three times. The the, yeah. the second time I started it, I dropped it in a mud puddle you and just it in threw a mud it away. And a you dropped it in a mud puddle twice. This. I yes, did drop I it in a mud puddle. Um, I, I don't know. I just like I like the first book. I really like the first book. That's why I went and bought the second one. I just the the number of point of views got out of hand. It gets worse. I know. That's why I quit. That's why he <laughs> The fourth book got so big that it became two. Yep. Only it's half of the character, you only get half the POVs in Feast of Crows. You get the other half of POVs in Dance of Dragons, and they happen simultaneously in the chronology. Yeah. Okay, and then they got to catch up. That's why That's why he hasn't finished these books, because he keeps making up new POVs, so he has well, more to funny, write. Yeah. What's funny is, the fourth book is A Feast of Crows, which is my favorite, by the way. And then the fifth Everybody book is A Dance of Dragons. I, I, I love it. The, 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 the Jamie POV chapters in Feast of Crows is some of the best writing George has ever done. And oh, yeah. then, so Dance of Dragons is the fifth book. People have actually gone through 
and made a reading order list called A Feast of Dragons. So it combines the reading order. You read chapter one of Feast of Crows. Then you read chapters two, three, and four of Dance okay. with Dragons. Then you come back and read chapters two, three through six, oh whatever gosh. it is, of Feast of Crows, and you jump back and forth so you can read all the chronological order. <laughs> read the books. Together. Oh, that's confusing. So it's it's like your gospel harmonies except for... All right. Uh, well, I think we're, think we're done. Anybody have anything else they wanted to add about Dune or... What if, or anything else we talked about tonight before we wrap up? I don't think so. I think I'm about talked out. All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Science Fictionary Podcast. Until next time, David, where can people find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at David underscore JG Peoples. Excellent. All right. And uh, Daniel, where can people find you on the internet? I am Dan C. Peeps on Twitter. Marisha? I, I mean, I really am not active on any social media right now mm. i do you still mean i guess i can still pitch my instagram because i mean my kids are still cute no matter how old the pictures are right so if you haven't seen my instagram ever um or you know in the past two years or so there might be something new i am princesses underscore and underscore padawans on instagram yeah that's me and i mostly post pictures of my cute kids in their cosplays and I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I get on my own Instagram and look through my pictures because my kids are cute. Me too. <laughs> my Instagram. My own Instagram. <laughs> I'm not stalking your Instagram. You're putting pictures of Mauritius kids on your Instagram? That's even worse. <laughs> All right, guys. You can find me running the Twitter account for this show at Sci underscore Fictionary. You can drop us a line at the Science Fictionary at gmail.com. And as always, you can find our podcast as well as the rest of the Red 5 Podcast Network at Red 5 Network on Twitter or at red5network.com. And until next time, carry on, my wayward son. (laughs) (laughs) Did you just go Winchester on the outro? (laughs) 